Welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host Justin Baker uh, joining me post. No, what? How? How many uh, services did you play for at your church? Uh, Nine hundred services for Easter. So how many you did? <laughs> yeah, it felt like, but maybe uh, maybe just five. But still, five. quite a long weekend. I mean, yeah, that's they're a- there pretty much like eight hours every day. So yeah, and they and they pay you a lot of money to do that, right? Yeah, yeah, I got paid in uh, <laughs> in trail mix and <laughs> and pretzels. Heaven points. <laughs> yeah exactly uh all right yeah so uh a good easter and now as we you know kind of get settled back in here for some for some hockey uh after a a good hockey weekend too actually uh there's only what six maybe seven games left for some of these teams um i think a few have only five games left so we are right in the thick of it i mean we're like two weeks left of the regular season and uh, and we're done. I guess it's like eleven days, right? I think the 29th is the last day. Yeah, so, uh, we're my here. Gosh, uh, and so, so pumped! I know, I know. It's I when I was watching, I was watching Leafs Islanders, and I was like, obviously the Islanders, they're out of it. I guess it was last night. They said, oh, if the Leafs beat the Islanders, they're officially eliminated from the playoffs. I'm like, they're fifteen points back with seven games left. I mean, they're. They have been eliminated for a long time. <laughs> it's it's long <laughs> over. Um, although I, I did notice, I think, I don't quote me on this, but I think this will be the first time that every single playoff team in a conference all have more than 100 points. Assuming Washington gets six of a possible 14 points to close out the year, that will happen. And Boston has to get three of a possible 14 then every yeah. team will have 100 points minimum. Uh, oh, sorry, and Pittsburgh needs three out of right. 10. That's still crazy, though, to think about it, right? And, uh, I mean, gosh, you know, you could – I remember a few years back, you could literally just look at it and be like, okay, cool, if you get 86 points, you're in, no problem. Like, Right, yeah, I mean, now it's like 96 is kind of that – if you get 96, maybe 97, it might be 94 or 5, but it's going to be mid-90s. But I think that goes back to like what you you've talked about earlier in, in the show. Like I, the separation between fourth and fifth place on these teams uh, is just astounding, and and you know especially in like in the Atlantic, right? We look at it between Boston and Buffalo. I mean, my God, it's it's a twenty eight point spread right there, and right. just absolutely crazy. Yeah, it's it's I mean, monstrous. But by, by the way, the most the most points a playoff team ever had and missed the playoffs was ninety six. So usually, like ninety six. If you get 96 points, other than three times in history, you are going to make the playoffs. That happened to 14-15 uh, Bruins, 17-18 Panthers, and 18-19 Canadians. Uh, but in general, 96 points is good enough to get you in the playoffs. This year, you're going to need like 103. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, with the way Vegas and uh, L.A. are, you know, Nashville, Dallas, that whole race in the West, my goodness, yeah. that's uh, well, you t- might need a 96 points just to – just to squeak in a second right. wild card spot. I mean, I guess technically you only needed uh, you only need right now eighty points to get in the playoffs in the East because <laughs> that's like <laughs> one ahead of the Islanders. Uh, pretty crazy. It, it just shows we've talked about it a couple weeks ago that the uh, the disparity between playoffs and non playoffs has grown significantly. Um, I think a lot due to kind of the landscape that that COVID and all the shutdowns brought where, you know, some of these bad teams, they were just like, well, no point in spending money. See ya. 
and uh, right, and it just and and maybe a little bit of it has to do with you know Seattle, the expansion team coming in. They weren't very good. That certainly uh, you know you add in an extra team that's losing far more often than they're winning. That's going to tack on some extra points other places. And frankly, it does. There there are more games in general being played. Right, like there's forty forty one more games out there that weren't played before. I think it's forty one. Or is it just yeah. Stri- yeah, yeah, I guess, or I guess it's just streaming YouTube. Yeah, you know, I also think it does have a lot to do with the fact that, like, teams that are rebuilding are sort of embracing it now, right? They're just, I mean, when you look at the Buffaloes, Detroit, Ottawa, right, those teams in the East that are really, like, you know, they're making strides, but they're not going out. They're not spending crazy amount of money to get themselves over the hump. They're going to take it slow, build their teams through prospects and draft picks, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah and, that and fewer and fewer teams are going, you know what, we could keep this together and, and keep our team going to the play because now it's like, well, there's no, there's there's almost no point in taking the risk because so many teams were losing a lot of money during COVID. So they're like, well, we can recoup by not paying players. <laughs> and that's exactly. kind of is what it is. Um, well, hey, on today's show, uh, we want to talk about goalies headed into the playoffs. Uh, we're we're going to ignore all those goalie tandems that, uh, that are far outside the playoffs. So that's all playoff teams currently. Plus we'll include Vegas because they are certainly still in the race. I still think it's unlikely that they make it, but they're, they're still there. Um, they have been on a tear, so that helps. Uh, but one misstep, you know, they lost to the Oilers the other night for nothing. And it's those missteps that, uh, that'll, that can really hurt you in the end, but we'll, we'll include Vegas because I, I, they are still relevant in the playoff picture for sure. Uh, but we wanted to talk about goalie tandems headed into the playoffs. And what brought this on was watching Frederick Anderson go down last week, uh, which we do know now that he's he, he had an MRI. It came back negative, uh, which seemingly just means hey, he didn't tear anything. But, of course, he's still hurt. In a week, they're going to reevaluate and, quote, see where he's at, according to head coach Rod Brindamore. So uh, that is... I guess encouraging on, on one hand, you hope that he can be back for the playoffs. I mean, I just feel for the guy. He always seems to get hurt at the worst possible time, and it, it generally is coming right into playoff time. I, I wonder how much how much uh, road he's got left in the NHL if he just you know, he doesn't seem like his body cooperates with him very often. But uh, with that said, we thought, you know, we should go through these, these goalie tandems because it is – not a crazy scenario for your head goalie or your top goalie to go down. Uh, who's in the best position to to go on a long playoff run if their goaltender goes down? And and so then, what better way to evaluate that than to evaluate tandems headed into the playoffs? Uh, so, Justin, with that said, uh, I guess we're we're just going seventeen to to one. Uh, and and just so you know, we we are including goalies that are hurt, like an Anderson, but not goalies that are maybe out for the season. So any any goaltender that isn't going to play the rest of the year, which I believe Dallas is the only one with a goalie kind of out for the year. Uh, isn't Is Braden Holtby, is he still kind of being said he's done for the year? It almost feels like that, I feel like, like that. it yeah, kind of changes, but it doesn't <laughs> seem like he's going to play again. Uh, the masterful Scott Wedgwood is all I'm looking at Dude, right now. Dude, he's been rolling anyways. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Okay, so let's start at uh, at number 17. Who do you have? Yeah, the pitiful Washington Capitals, and I say pitiful. Yes. Their offense is clicking right now, but this goaltending is just quite pitiful. I um, Boy, I, I could pick apart this one for days, but to be quite honest, I mean, 
Listen, there's a reason why you and I talked about it at the deadline, how they needed to go pick up a goaltender. Marc-Andre Fleury's name was floated around, but obviously he doesn't want to go there for good reason. And uh, their best goalie, Vanacek, a 909 save percentage right now through 39 games. They've basically been virtually split down the middle, and no one seems to want to take the starter's role. Yeah, and some of it I think is is also they do have a rather porous team defense. Um, I think they were able to get away with it for a long time because – their their high end players were so high end, um, and they still are in a goal scoring capacity, but uh, sure. they don't quite have those defensive juggernauts and the speed. It's the speed, like the overall team speed that that maybe some other teams do. I, I mean, just watching them play the Leafs, it was like they had no answer for the Leafs' speed. And I think if as long as Washington is going up against another team with a lot of speed, which frankly is probably every other team in the eastern conference maybe barring like maybe the rangers maybe pittsburgh you could say are are a little bit slower but that's uh, that's not who they're going to take on in the first round <laughs> florida or carolina whichever two, whichever one it ends up being i mean it's i don't think that they're going to match up well because of that but <laughs> but that's that's why i think even though their goalies to me are they're not great anyways but their goalies are worsened by the the speed in front of them. Yep, I, I have them at number seventeen as well. They oh beautiful, absolutely at the at the bottom of the barrel there. Who do you have at sixteen? Yeah, at sixteen, I got two goaltenders with basically the same stats as the Washington Capitals, right? And that's the L.A. Kings, Jonathan Quick and Peterson. Again, same situation, almost splitting time evenly, forty-two and thirty-six games played. Uh, Quick leading the way with a nine oh seven save percentage, but. To me, the difference and why I give them a slight nudge over Washington is obviously the pedigree with Jonathan Quick, uh, having won those Stanley Cups, and he can, you know, essentially, obviously not the same guy he once was, but you know, maybe he finds a little bit of that uh, little playoff magic if they happen to squeak in and not, you know, fall to Vegas here, catching up on their heels right now. So, uh, you know, and then, then you know, when you mentioned too, you talk about speed in front of them. Yes, they do have a much better or a more speedy offense in front of them. And, you know, maybe Drew Doughty comes back for the playoffs. I'm not really sure mm-hmm. what his injury situation is like. I haven't recently looked at it, but... Um, Doesn't you know, look like was, it. <laughs> right, it, right. but they've had some... I mean, they've had some guys step in that have filled the shoes pretty pretty well. Um, and I think they play much better team defensive structure under Todd McQuellen. So, uh, for me, at number 16, it's the LA Kings. Okay, at number sixteen for me. So the Kings are fifteen. So we're not we're not far off there. Okay. Uh, you know, I I just I think that in general their goaltending tandem. Cal, Cal Peterson is the goalie of the future there, uh, but yeah, it's it's just as that they just don't match up super well with with a lot of other teams, other than maybe the the team that I have at number sixteen and. Uh, and that's the Edmonton Oilers. So fortunately for them, uh, I've got the Oilers, who they will likely could play in the first round. Uh, that's who I have as my my number sixteen. I just I don't like either Koskinen or Mike Smith. You know, both guys can get on a run. Anyone can get on a run. That's the thing is that you know Washington they might have the worst goaltending tandem. They could go and rattle off a nine three zero save percentage in the first round and have a hell of a first round. And, yeah. and any goaltending, any NHL goaltender can have gr- a great little five-game stretch, six-game stretch. Uh, but when I look at it over the totality, totality of the season, 
And it's like Mike Smith is like, who are you going to get? You have no idea. Koskinen, who are you going to get? You have no, you don't know. You truly don't know. Um, now, yeah. eight, one and one in their last ten, things are going really well right now. We've seen this. Yeah. Pl- we've seen this play before, though. I'll and, give you that, and that's why I have Edmonton at fifteen. So okay, all right, yeah, we're we're not too <laughs> too far away from from that then. Uh, yeah, I have. Uh, so so like I said, I had L.A. fifteen, Edmonton sixteen. So you've got Edmonton sixteen. We just have them flipped. Yeah, I've got Edmonton at number fifteen, and so to me, I just I watched. I was watching, you know, Mike Smith over this past weekend, and what you know he did to Vegas, back to back shutouts there, and obviously named the third star of the week for the NHL here. And um, to me, I'll give him a slight nudge just because I think, you know, again he's playing a little bit better than LA, either one of LA's goaltenders right now, and whether or not um, you know he continues that success or whether or not he actually stays healthy is a whole other issue. So, um, but like all these goaltenders at the bottom of the list too, they could just go on a real crapper really, really fast. Right, so. right, right. Uh, okay, so who do you have at 14? At 14, I have the Dallas Stars. Um, you know, again, you mentioned it right. They they pretty much are down to Ottinger and Wedgwood, and so for me, that's that can be a little concerning. I mean, yes, maybe you could call it Kudobin and have him step in for the playoffs. I mean, after he went on that hot run with them a few, couple years back, but uh, you know, this is Ottinger's net, really. And, um, you know, Wedgwood might be the hot hand right now and the guy who's who's looking pretty good. I mean, 917 save percentage through five games. But, you know, for me, it's going to be Jake Ottinger's net. He's the future for this team and um, not a lot of playoff experience for him. Um, you know, I just don't have a lot of faith in his ability after watching this season. You know, and this is a team that, you know, offensively goes through Jake Robertson and uh, that first line with Joe Pavelski. And so if they struggle offensively and depth-wise to score, uh, and they got to rely on goaltending, I don't know how comfortable I feel if I'm Dallas to ride Jay Gottinger into the, you know, into the finals. But we shall see. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Dallas is getting that far anyway. So I'm no, exactly. worried about that. <laughs> uh, so 14, I've got Vegas. Vegas oh, is my okay. 14. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Uh, first off, I I kind of go well. They're yeah. If if they get they they very well might knock the Kings out and make the playoffs. You know, there's there's always that possibility. Uh, but Robin Leonard, he's played okay this year. Uh, hasn't been great. Do I want Logan Thompson or Laurent Brossois heading into the playoffs? Uh, Logan Thompson has he's got great numbers this year. In, in a very limited amount of games. He started 13 games, uh, but he's played well. He's played pretty well to date, uh, winning his last four out of the last five, and, and in those games, he played great. He's a shutout in those games. Uh, so Logan Thompson kind of you know, finding his, uh, his way there in the Vegas organization. There has not been a whole lot of goaltending depth beyond a Vegas starter um, outside of, you know, hey, we go trade for Robin Leonard for, uh, you know, for a, a minute there when when the two of him and Marc-Andre Fleury were there together. Uh, but Logan Thompson uh, proving that he can get the job done. However, headed into the playoffs, uh, if Leonard isn't completely healthy, I, then I really hate their goaltending tandem. Then they probably fall <laughs> really far back. Um, but as long as Leonard's healthy, then uh, you know things things should be okay. Which he he's been healthy in in April here, so things should be okay. But I 
I worry about them. I have them so low. I I just don't like how Leonard's playing, and the rest of it is a giant question mark. So that's why I have them a little, low, a lot lower. Um, and then I have Dallas at thirteen. Oh, I, okay. I think between uh, this is my thought with Dallas, Ottinger, Wedgwood. Before this year, neither one were looking like world beaters. Now both of them kind of looking like, wow, th- this is this is a great duo, great tandem. Whoever's in net for Dallas right now is playing really well. I think a lot of that has to do with the system that they're playing. So I'm in some respects, I'm I'm less worried about their goaltending tandem because I don't think that it's as important as it is for some other teams because of how defensively minded Dallas is. Sure. No, I, I get that. Right. And obviously team defense plays a big part of it. I mean, you can look at a team like Calgary and, and, you know, maybe chalk up some extra numbers to Markstrom just for that. Yeah. But at the same time, maybe, you know, he's really stealing the show. Um, so for me at, at 13, I don't have Vegas and I'm not flip flopping with you again with this one, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> I have your hometown team, the Toronto Maple Leafs, at 13. Oh, ouch. Uh, yeah, not to rain on your parade or anything, but when I look at goaltenders who have played uh, five or more games throughout the totality of the year, right, and I look at goals saved above expected, Jack Campbell's at a negative 4.1. And Isn't it crazy Peter that Mer- he was he was a positive and was yes. in, like, the Vesna Trophy, and now it's <laughs> it's come down? That That's how badly he's played uh, how badly he played in like January, February, and even into March. Yes, Peter Morazic at a negative eleven point six. Now, um, you know, again, I'm I'm kind of throwing Cauldron out out the window right here in a limited sample size. You know, uh, because to me, he's not a guy who's going to go into the playoffs as your starter, anyways, barring injury, of course. Um, you know, assuming it's Morazic and Campbell and Net come the playoff time. Um, you know, again, Morazic's a guy who, you know, watched in Carolina and watched a little bit in Detroit. And I think he is capable of still being a very good goaltender in the playoffs. And Jack Campbell can be that too. You know, they've, they've shown definitely in stretches, um, you know, Jack Campbell a lot more than Peter Morazic, obviously this year, but you know, they've shown that they can really go out and steal some games. And so, um, you know, I think for a Toronto team, if you get above average goaltender goaltending with Jack Campbell, you're you're in okay shape because this team can really dig in and score some goals. I feel like, especially with that forward group there, um, I would feel okay with Jack Campbell and Net. But to me, I just I look at the teams ahead of them and I say, okay, would I want their number one above Toronto's number one? And my answer for all these teams ahead of them on the list would be yes at this point. So okay, that's fair. That is a good way to evaluate it. <laughs> um, I have them a little bit higher, but not not okay. terribly higher. Um, sorry. So the Leafs were thirteen for you. Yep. Was that thirteen? Okay. Uh, who do you have at twelve? So at twelve, I got the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, wow, we we've got a big difference there with the Penguins. To be honest. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, lately, I mean, Tristan Jari, right? He's injured right now. Um, he'll obviously be back at some point here. And so right now, it's Casey DeSmith's net. But um, Casey DeSmith is a backup. I'm just not a huge fan of his. I don't think he's a very good goaltender. Uh, he's a little below average, in my opinion. Like you talked about Vegas earlier, I would take Logan Thomas all day over Casey DeSmith at this point. Um, now, again, Logan Thomas' sample size is a lot smaller than Casey DeSmith's, but Tristan Jari to me is a guy who lately has not been very good. Um, you know, he started out the season very hot, really good, but he's been cold as of late. Um, and then when you look at his playoff numbers, they're just atrocious. Well, because so, he has one playoff. Right. <laughs> series and he played very badly. Yes. Yes. So, uh, again, 
if you get the, the Tristan Jari that started the year off very good, right, you're in good shape for the Pittsburgh Penguins. But for me, if I have to look at the season as a whole, maybe I'm a little bit more hesitant. I mean, I look, again, I, I love looking at the advanced stats, and his goals saved above expected are number 11 in the league at 12.8. And so, you know, again, good numbers, right? But, uh, again, I think, you know, his beginning – his start to the season had a lot to do with that because we we heard his name thrown around a lot for yeah. Vesna yeah. uh, to start the season, and obviously he hasn't played great of late. And so maybe when he comes back, you know, if he's 100% healthy, I don't know what Tristan Jarrett we're going to get. And so to me, as a Penguins fan, that would worry me a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I've got uh, Boston actually at number 12. Ooh, uh, okay. Yeah, my, my reason being, uh, I mean, first off, you're walking in with, with a couple of guys with – very little playoff experience or, uh, you know, as some would like to say, none. Uh, <laughs> Jeremy Swayman has kind of been jerked around a little bit, of course, you know, with the Tuka Rask stuff and um, Linus Allmark was signed to that big deal. Um, you know, it's not that I, di- I don't dislike their tandem. Um, just thinking about the playoffs, like, okay, I... I am less worried about Jack Campbell come playoff time than I would be Jeremy Swayman. Oh, okay. To, to be honest, like if, if I were, if I were thinking, all right, who, who might have a few bad games? Um, I don't think that Jack Campbell's the one that I'm, I'm worried about. It would be Jeremy Swayman who has, I mean, you look at the little stretch that, that he went on, uh, Detroit, St. Louis, Ottawa, uh, didn't play great in any of those three games. And, you know, obviously there's a lot goes into to each game. Not every game is, is a goalie's fault, even if he does let in like four goals in a game. Uh, but I just don't, I, you don't know what you're going to get from a guy who's never played in the playoffs. And I think that that is an, that's an important factor when, when considering, all right, how comfortable am I with this tandem? Well, you look at the Leafs, uh, let's, uh, let's say Mrazek is healthy. They've got two goalies who have played in playoff series before. So so you've already got that experience. Um, and Mrazek has won playoff series before. So that 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 just it just helps towards a whole team mindset, I think. And so when you have two goalies, Allmark coming from the Sabres, he definitely was never in the playoffs. And Jeremy Swayman, uh, you know, it's just an unknown. So I think that's a factor. Uh, that has also has played into my my list here. Where like you know I've got Dallas. I mean they there's there's a couple of goalies who have not really sniffed the playoffs. So it's certainly a a concern, which is also why I have the Colorado Avalanche at number eleven because I Ooh. I'm I do get concerned with you know hey they 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 put so much into Philip Grubauer. Grubauer had had the ups and the downs in the playoffs and then he leaves. Well, now you're you're going with uh, I'm assuming Darcy Kemper come playoff time and Darcy Kemper hasn't had a whole lot of sniff at the playoffs, right? Like <laughs> he sure. he's been to the playoffs. Really he went on one run uh with with Arizona in 1920 and uh other than in 1920 2019-20 uh he he had one other series where he was the goaltender the whole time with Minnesota in 1314 uh but beyond him like I'm I'm very concerned you know if he goes down he's an older goaltender uh it, it could 
it could pose a pose an issue and he's had some some injury stuff in the past so and and it's it has taken him a while to to really get feeling good here with the Colorado Avalanche so i for whatever reason just don't love Colorado's goaltending so i'm i have them at number 11 okay yeah i mean i get it sometimes you just got to right it's an eye test it's a it's just a gut feeling, right? So you just got to go with your gut. Yep. Yep. Now, do I think that that's going to stop them? No. <laughs> right. they're, they're too good. They're too good. It's not going to stop them early on. Okay. Well, uh, at you know, number 12 for me was Pittsburgh. At 11, I have the Vegas Knights. Um, you know, again, I, I like Robin Leonard's game when he's healthy. That's the problem, right? Just being healthy. So um, when you look at the advanced statistics on him, he's he's doing a good job. Uh, sitting at number 16, six goals, saved above to expected. So um, if you get Robin Leonard 100% healthy, I still think he's capable. And especially the type of, you know, forward group he has in front of him now, I'm, I'm anxious to see what they can do healthy again, too, sure. in the playoffs. Yeah, Vegas is far, far more concerned about the the log jam with the cap than you are with anything else. So if they right. make the playoffs – um, goaltending is one of the like the least of your concern because of exactly all these new guys coming back. Uh, yeah, who did you have at at ten? At ten, I've got a team you talked about, the Boston Bruins. Okay, yeah. Um, you know, again, I, you know, I've seen some other lists out there, or some other people that have put this tandem a little bit higher. But for me, again, I kind of go back to you when you mentioned uh, their lack of playoff experience. But um, again, I think there's great leadership in this dressing room. You know, between Bergeron and and Marchand, I think there's there's little to worry about. I think regardless who's in net there, um, I think they'll be okay. Now, again, do, do I have a ton of confidence in this, you know, this tandem to go ahead and steal a series? No, but I think they'll play good enough to get them, you know. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think chance. their goaltending is necessarily what's going to cause them to lose a series. It's exactly. just that they're going to be the team that they're going to play in the first round, likely the Carolina Hurricanes, maybe the Leafs, but I, I think no matter who they play in the first round, that team has far more offensive depth, and that's that is probably what's going to hurt the Bruins. I think the Bruins going into next year, if they can get Bergeron back for another year, and they can kind of tinker around with things, I think you you might see a better team one last shot at it. But this year, I just don't think that they have the the depth, which is probably exactly what they want. You know, everyone to write them off, and then that's when they'll they'll do some something crazy. Yep. Um, at number ten, I have the Leafs. We've talked a lot about the Leafs. I just, I have they, they've got enough playoff experience uh, to where I, I bump them a little bit, and I I look at how Campbell played earlier in the year. If he can bottle some of that up, uh, they'll be in much much better shape. Um, at number, I'll go uh, nine eight seven. Ooh, I've okay. got the uh, Carolina Hurricanes at nine, the Nashville Predators at eight, and I actually have the Pittsburgh Penguins at seven. Uh, I'll tell you why I have the Penguins ahead. Now, first off, Caroline, I am concerned a little bit about Frederick Anderson um, and Antti Ranta. I'm, the only, my concern is that they can't stay healthy. Um, but I'm at the same time, Carolina isn't necessarily going to win because they have amazing goaltending. I think they have great goaltending because they're such a good team in front of them uh, that you can, you can put a lot of guys in net for the Hurricanes and they're going to play well. I.e., you look at Nedeljkovic and... Frederick Anderson, Antti Ranta, Peter Morazic, like all these guys that have come through here in the last 24 months who have played spectacular for the Carolina Hurricanes. It's not because of their goaltending. It's because the team is fantastic in front of them. They, they play a very high-speed game, 
and uh, and they have so much depth at defense, and they play a great team defense game. So uh, Carolina, I put their goaltending a little lower, but I, to me, it doesn't really matter. Fair. Uh, who do you have at nine, eight, seven? Okay, so at number nine, I've got the Florida Panthers. Uh, number eight, I've got Nashville, and seven, I have Calgary. Okay, wow, we're gonna have yeah. a real different list. <laughs> yeah. So I listen. I I put Florida at number nine because again, uh, Bobrovsky. You know, he had that one series stealing, um, you know, performance and and uh, you know when he was in Columbus against the Tampa Bay Lightning. But other than that, he hasn't done much. And this year seems to be a year where he's he's maybe found it. You know, he's he's got it together. Uh, you know, of course, his his back up there, Mister Knight. Um, you know. Doesn't Not. hurt that his team is unbelievable, <laughs> right? Yeah, their fourth <laughs> so line is a lot of teams' second line. So exactly. Helps. So if we're talking teams in general, right? Florida would be at the top of the list. But talking goaltenders here, right? If I have to go Spencer Knight, I'm not so confident. He's been up and down all year, uh, so that is a little bit concerning for me. Now, um, you know, with Nashville at number eight, I love UC Saros. He's probably going to be up there as far as Vesna candidates are concerned. Uh, just he's done. You know, him and Roman Yossi, have, in my mind, have been the best you know, defenseman, goaltender, tandem to carry their team. I mean, I don't know any other team that, you know, is getting that kind of, um, you know, pull from their back end that, that Nashville's gotten, you know, granted, you know, Matt Duchesne's picked it up and they've got other guys producing up front, but uh, those two guys have certainly helped carry the team maybe more than some other teams here. Uh, but if I have to go to, you know, David Riddich, you know, outside of Saros, I, you're in a lot of trouble. Yeah. I have uh, next to nil confidence in that guy. So, that's why maybe Nashville falls a little bit on my list just because of their backup situation. Exactly. And similar with number seven, Calgary. Again, Dan Vladar back there. He, you know, he had a couple little flashes of, you know, could he be a good goaltender here in the NHL in Boston? Um, but of course, Boston saw the writing on the wall and they let him go and he goes to Calgary. And, you know, with good reason, I don't think he's, he's an okay backup goaltender. I think that's all he's ever going to be. Now, Jacob Markstrom and this system that they have is phenomenal. Markstrom definitely has stolen some games for them this year, and he's played phenomenal. But again, Vladar coming in there, you figure with that that tight defensive system that um, you know Calgary runs, that his numbers would be better. And they're they're frankly they're not for me, and so that's why that's a little bit of a concern too. And I give them a little bit of a you know a knock and maybe put them a little bit lower on the list than maybe where you had them. Okay, yeah, I mean I have Calgary at six, so we're we're close okay. enough. Uh, not too far apart, but yeah, Calgary at six for me. I mean, Markstrom is fantastic. Um, again, such such good team defense, and and considering in the playoffs that everything tightens up even more, um, I think that Dan Vladar would would actually be pretty well protected. Uh, but yeah, I've I've got Calgary at six. Uh, I just accidentally changed my whole list by clicking <laughs> a button. I I don't know what I just did. Control Z. Uh, yep, Control-Z. that's exactly what I did. What in the world? Uh, so, who? Oh, sorry, who is your number six? Yeah, so number six for me, if you want to go six, five, four, right? Yeah, that's uh, six, At number six, I've got St. Louis, um, UC, or <laughs> UC. Uh, Vili. Huso's been gr- yeah, Vili Huso's been great as a starter this year, and I, I think that he's probably going to be the guy going into the, the playoffs this year, it looks like. Um, but while I give them, you know, uh, you know, earlier on in the year, when we, like our trade deadline, uh, disappointing players that need to get going right. We talked about that post trade deadline. Jordan Bingington was on my list. I think he's he looks like he's maybe starting to get it back together. And the reason I have St. Louis a little bit higher than some teams here is because 
he has that Stanley Cup pedigree. Right. He's won it. He knows what it takes. You're not so afraid six, if he has to, you know, if something, if if Huso shits the bed, it's fine. Exactly. You've got yep, someone you, else in there. You can come in with this guy, and you do, don't think do not worry at all. Right. Uh, at number five, I've got Colorado, just because of the reasons you mentioned earlier. Uh, not a ton of playoff experience. Darcy Kemper, you know, is he going to stay healthy? But if he does stay healthy, I think he is a phenomenal goaltender um, and can certainly handle, you know, what Colorado is going to go through to make a deep run here. And then at number four, I've got Carolina. So for me, uh, you know, again, Freddie Anderson's health is a concern, uh, but they've got one of the better backups in the league. If you're looking at a tandem 1A, 1B situation, uh, you know, either one of those guys are great when healthy. But again, that's the key when healthy. Yeah, when, oh, of course. Um, yeah, I have St. Louis at five. So we're, we're right right there with each other. And I've got the New York Rangers at four. Okay. Um, now, now we're just kind of, you know, we're moving into, uh, into elite company anyways, really it could probably swap all my top four around and I would have no issue with it. Um, Rangers I have at number four. Um, I, I really do wonder now we have seen a, I mean, you know, outside of like the last month, has uh, has kind of changed things a little bit, but I mean, for the first four months of the season, Shesterkin was like a Hart Trophy candidate. Uh, now he's he's slowed down here a little bit towards the end, and I I think that you know everyone loves offense over giving something like this to a goaltender. I really think that uh, Austin Matthews is still as long as he if he you know scores sixty and keeps kind of chugging here at the end a little bit. Uh, if this injury can you know get healed up quick, uh, I think he's probably the favorite for the heart. But I mean, Shesterkin's probably still in the top five of voting for the heart. Uh, but I do wonder, come playoff time, sometimes that you know he he hasn't had that kind of experience, and so you wonder, come playoff time, uh, is it the same? Do you get the same goalie? Uh, or do we get the goalie from the first six months, five months of the season? Or do we get this goalie who's quite tired? He's played more games by far than he ever has in his career. Is it kind of catching up to him this season where, you know, he's going to maybe not have the greatest playoff performance and we'll, we'll kind of, you know, we see that he's not a rookie, but we'll see that young player kind of like you kind of have to shed those, have a, have a rough run or, or maybe not your, your greatest run to go, Oh, I know what I need to do now in the regular season to kind of prep myself for the playoffs. Um, much like, Hey, what we saw with the team that I have at number three, the Tampa Bay lightning and, uh, Vasilevsky having to go through some growing pains, uh, in the playoffs before he became the, ultimate goaltender in the in the <laughs> NHL right now. I, I have Tampa Bay at three because I I just don't like their backup goaltending, but I don't really think that Vasilevsky can get hurt. <laughs> I don't think he gets hurt. <laughs> so I'm really not worried about it. Yeah, right. You, you mentioned it. Uh, if Vasilevsky was down there in trouble. So for me, yeah, I've got Tampa Bay at number three on my list. Um, yeah, if he gets in trouble, they're you know, they're, uh, they're, they're in trouble because <laughs> right. there's no way I want Brian Elliott coming in. And I mean, granted, yes, he's He's actually got some pretty decent numbers this season on a 915 save percentage. Um, they know, re-signed three, him too. Yeah, 3.1 goals saved above the expected. I mean, he's he's an I mean, there's a reason he got re-signed in Philadelphia, right? His numbers weren't that great in Philly, but you know, he is a great backup goaltender. He's a great mentor, a great um, you know, guy to come in veteran guy that you want in your locker room and he he shows up, he still knows how to play and he still plays pretty well. 
I mean, that's why a guy like Craig Anderson, for example, is still getting you know shots in this league because he's he's a good veteran. He knows what to do, and he's a good team player. Yeah, people especially like at that age. People like yeah. Him. Uh, who do you have at number three? So number three was Tampa Bay. Okay, so you got yep. Tampa. Okay, now who's your two? Number two, I've got the New York Rangers. Okay, yeah. So um, just... Obviously, Shesterkin's been all world this season. Thirty-two point three sure. goals saved. Above Unbelievable. Average. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's. I mean, no, he's at forty-one. Oh, is it now? Yeah. Shesterkin's okay. at forty-one point eight nine goals saved above. Wow. Money puck has failed me. <laughs> I'm just looking at hockey reference, so maybe they use a different formula or something. Like yeah, that. maybe. But regardless, he's still number one on everybody's list. For yeah, a reason. yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. So he he's the guy, right? And I think right now, if I had to pick one guy to go into a playoff series with, that would be the guy. I think that I would most expect to steal a series, right? If I needed one guy to steal me a series, he would be the guy I think I would go to right now at this point in the season. Now again, if you know, taking in, you know, taking previous experience, you know, yeah, stuff like that, then yeah, I might go to somebody else, but uh, especially maybe the guy at number one here. But for me, uh, New York's number two. There are very few goaltenders who have are at a coming out party and then go right into the playoffs and just keep on rolling. It, sure. it doesn't happen. Now, it did happen to Jordan Bennington. So it's, it's, not out, it's not entirely out of the realm of possibility. But in my mind, Usually come playoff time, that's when like all of a sudden everyone's keying in on every little thing and uh, you, you kind of can start to point out a little bit of weaknesses and, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens in the playoffs. I mean, I, I, I don't think that he's going to be the reason they lose any series <laughs> if no, they, no, if no, they I lose. Think, <laughs> no, I think it's great that he hasn't played 60 or 70 games like every other goaltender yet. Probably the one sure. reason he's not going to get, you know, probably going to get the heart trophy. Um, but you know, again, I think right now it's, this is his coming out party. And I think next year, again, we're going to see the year of the Russians next year with Sorokin, uh, you know, being the goaltender, in my opinion, that's going to have the breakout season next year. Yeah. We'll see how, how that comes into play, uh, come play after. It'll be interesting to watch which goalies who've played more games, uh, who it has an effect on because you know, Hey, like a, like a Jack Campbell, even Bobrovsky who's played less than 50 games thus far. I mean, you, you've got some, some big names. Uh, Swayman's only played 37. Does that really, does that actually help him? Uh, come right. playoff time. You know, there, there's uh, Jack Campbell's only played in 46. Like there, there may be, you know, Saros who's played in 64. Markstrom played in 60. Jari's played in 58. He'll be probably over 60 by the end of the year. Uh, those, I wonder how much that will play a factor. So that that's a that's a good thing to keep an eye on. I've got Florida at two, and uh, my number one, I think it's we're the same Minnesota. We're the same, yeah. Minnesota did not plan go. that. Yeah, Florida number one uh, or number two. Sorry, I, I just I love what Bobrovsky, the potential of Bobrovsky here, and the team in front of him is just spectacular. So they've won ten in a row. <laughs> that's uh, they're almost a plus one hundred goals for the season uh, somehow yeah. they just keep on destroying everyone they play it's crazy because i mean you look at toronto right they they've gone eight one and one in their last 10 but they just can't make up any can't ground, make on up ground. Just yeah they're playing so good it's insane I, I mean florida has scored almost 100 goals more than the boston bruins dude same with like Colorado and only let in St. 15 Louis. more <laughs> right I mean, yeah, Colorado, St. Louis, both on nine-game winners right now, and they just can't make up any ground on each other. Yeah, so, yeah. But, yeah, Minnesota, number one. I mean, Marc-Andre Fleury, what can I say after that trade? I mean, it just bumped him right up there. And, and, and of Ka- course. Yeah, and Cam Talbot, Talbot has just been playing 
out like he was playing really well and then they traded for a better goalie and now he like he still might be the the number one <laughs> he's played that yeah. well this could be an actual situation where a team might legitimately go in and just rotate goalies in the playoffs and see what happens yeah yeah, yeah why not you've why done not? it all year why change there's no yep. rule book that says you can't that would be right. that would be pretty cool. <laughs> it would be, yeah. And we talked about guys playing a lot, maybe fatigue setting in. This could be a situation where the coach is like, "Nope, I don't want to worry about fatigue. Let's 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 rotate." I love it. All right. Well, we will uh, we will see very shortly in, uh, in what, like twelve days. The playoffs will begin, or thirteen. I don't know what exactly what day the playoffs start, um, but I'm sure I can do a quick Google here, and it'll tell me March 29th when the playoffs start. No, that's not right. It's already happened. <laughs> Maybe right. April 29th. No, I think it actually... I think they I think the to, regular season ends... Oh, Monday, May 2nd. There, there you go. go. Google was no help. It said, when do the playoffs start? And it didn't tell me. I had to scroll down to like the sixth thing. That's crazy. The heck, Google. Asshole. Making me look like an asshole. All right. Well, that's our show. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter, <laughs> at OT Hockey Talk. Justin, have a good rest of your night. I will as well. And to our listeners, thanks for being here, and we will talk to you very soon.
his, his have his debut tonight against the Flyers, uh, or or if it'll be here in the near future. But uh, I think th- that type of player is very important for the Leafs because they they need to be able to to give Simmons give Spezza some time uh, to just kind of gear up for the playoffs. I I think you've seen it, Wayne Simmons. This is probably his last year. My guess is he retires after this year. To be honest, um, he's played, he's played quite bad. He's getting he's getting healthy scratched all the time. Um, he's just slow. <laughs> he's slow. Yep. Yeah. And unless something really changes, unless he really goes to work, loses weight, and you know, and and is able to get some of that speed back. Uh, I mean, even his hands just don't look as good. Spets's hands are still there. Um, I think with Spetsa, it's just a matter of like just give him a little time off and uh, and have him you know. Don't have him play every night. In my opinion, that's what I would do. But he might tell you he wants to play every night, and I say, too bad. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I I think also Jack Campbell is he's the key. He's the key to it all. Uh, who is your number two? My number two is the guy you mentioned earlier, and I promised we would wait to talk about, and that is Alex Lafreniere. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Second most important player coming into the playoffs. I absolutely think so because, again, we we talked about it to start this list off, how important third lines are going to be to team successes. And, uh, listen, the Rangers got lucky, and I shouldn't say get lucky. I think they traded wisely because, to me, this was a guy who I thought was going to be an under-the-radar type of move, just like a Max Domi, but he seems to have paid off even better at this point uh, when they acquired Andrew Kopp, right? Ryan Strom's gone down with injury for the last couple of games, and Kopp has stepped in just phenomenally, but – it gives you flexibility, right? Frank Petrano is another acquisition they made who has turned yeah. out extremely well. Um, and now you're able to put him on the right wing where he actually is suited for to score some goals. And it gives you the opportunity to move Alex, Alexis, um, down to your third line, right? You can put him on his left wing where he's most comfortable, where he's a natural player at. And you give him that opportunity to really go out there and, and score some goals. But the reason I put him a little bit higher on this list is just because You know, I look at his production that he's had through the course of the season. In, you know, 67 games, he's played with phenomenal players. Like you mentioned, Chris Kreider, you know, only 25 points and 13 goals, or I'm sorry, 15 goals to go for it. Um, I need more out of of this guy, you know. I I, I think especially if this team's going to be, uh, and, and granted, all 15 of those goals are even strength goals too, so he sees no power play time at all. Um you know, I think if this this team wants to have some have long term success in the playoffs, they need a third line that can contribute, and that's one of the reasons they they brought in Goudreau, right? So he can be that third line guy he was in Tampa, and Philip Scheidel is is going to be Philip Scheidel. He's going to you know bring you good third line production, and so Lafreniere's got to step it up and and be that go to guy in the third line. Yeah, I I don't I I agree. Obviously, I have him on my list. Um, Part of me feels as though he is just he's so overrated because of where he was taken in the draft <clears throat> and that really he's probably ends up being no more than a, a nice second line winger. Uh, we'll see how he actually pans out. But at the same time, the playoffs are that time where a young guy, it's a fresh season kind of deal. And some of these young players, they go, oh, I get it. And then they have a pl- the playoff of their life. And then the rest of their career kind of takes off from there. So uh, I do 
you know, maybe that's that. Maybe that's Alex Lafreniere. Uh, I I hope for his sake. I hope that it is. Unless he's playing right. the Leafs, then I hope that and, it doesn't happen. <laughs> right, and you look at you know again, Capo Caco has been out with injury, and I know there's been talks again with one of these two guys possibly getting moved. Uh, you know, it was at the deadline they were thinking about moving one of those guys, and I think if if you're going to seize an opportunity to say, hey, you know what, this is why you should keep me, and maybe if, especially I, again, this is a big what if if management's thinking this. Um, if Chris Drury's up there thinking, okay, I need to move one of these guys and bring in another piece, say we don't go far in the playoffs, uh, this is your opportunity to give him a reason to keep you. Yep, yep, 100%. Um, okay, on to the number one. Who do you have? So I've got a tandem, uh, and you've already talked about them, but for me, I don't think there's any other tandem that's Not going to equate. Yeah, the, the, the Edmonton Oilers goaltending is going to be so – Listen, they've just got to be better, right? If if Edmonton wants to go deep, especially if you end up in a series where you you face another Winnipeg that shuts down McDavid and Dreisaitl, right? I mean, you know, Evander Kane was brought in to help kind of alleviate that so you don't have to pair those two superstars together and you hope to spread out the offense. But if for some reason offensively they get stymied and they just can't produce, you've got to have good goaltending back there, right? The goaltending's got to bail you out. And right now I would not look back at that goaltending and say, okay, they're capable of bailing them out. Right. And and what I'll say is that while you're number one I'll tandem, you're asking them kind of to do something that either they have never done or in Mike Smith's case has not really done in a long time. Right. <laughs> uh, so it's it's almost like you're it's like a grasping at straws for the Oilers, right? Like and I think a lot of people recognize that that hey, you know, you can you can tell these guys to step it up all you want. But they're incapable. It's just, you, you know, you, some people, they you can try as hard as you want. And Nick Foligno is not going to be Connor McDavid. Just like the Oilers goaltending is not going to be good. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's just, I, I just, I don't see it happening. Now, does it mean that they can't be good for a game? No. I mean, they, they'll have like nice little flashes in the pan. Uh, and maybe that's enough to get them through the first round, you know, beating a, an, an L.A. Do I think they have what it takes to beat L.A.? Yeah, probably. Can they beat Calgary in their present situation? No. No. I mean, Calgary's goaltending, their defense, their depth far exceeds anything the Oilers have. The only thing the Oilers have is McDavid and Dreisaitl. Let's face it, that's it. And Evander Kane helps, but uh, everything else is just kind of been what it is it's it isn't much different than than what we've seen in the past uh, my number one is a little more like you've done it before and and we've seen it this season but we need to see it from a a, a huge crazy extent you need to go on your hottest run you've ever had and that's Connor Hellebuck if the Winnipeg Ooh. Jets are going to make the playoffs Connor Hellebuck, who, frankly, I mean, he's playing really well. He's won four of his last five games, and, uh, and granted, two of those games, he uh, two of those five, one of the win, one the the one loss, he allowed four goals, but he got a shutout and uh, allowed one and two goals in the other ones. Uh, he's been playing well the last five games, um, and he's won what seven of seven of nine. So it, it's not as if uh, or four six of six of. Uh, nine. 
So, or six of eight. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> it's there. Connor Hellebuck has it in him. And if the Winnipeg Jets are to make the playoffs, I mean, there, there's no other team that has a player like Connor Hellebuck who you could say, honest to God, that guy could, these last 13 games of the season, they could win 11 of them because of Connor Hellebuck. It's a stretch, sure, but if they are going to make the playoffs, he is the most important player in the league right now for any team to make the playoffs, especially with where they sit on the outside looking in. They've they've got one game in hand on Vegas, and Dallas has three games in hand on them. They're four points back. Like there's the the math is against them. But I think if they were to win ten of their last thirteen games, that would put them at ninety six points. Ninety six is that enough to get them in? I don't know. That might, and we might be seeing in the West a hundred points is what you need to get into the playoffs. Ooh. Or pretty close, maybe 98. But anyways, uh, 10, 10 wins out of their last uh, 13 games would put them at 96 points, which in general has gotten you into the playoffs. Can, can Connor Hellebuck help this team go 10-3 and three in their last 13 games? He'd be, the only, he'd be the one that has to do it. Yeah, the one thing I will say for Winnipeg, right, and maybe why I didn't put Connor Hellebuck or anybody really from Winnipeg on my list is the fact that I think as a team collectively, everybody needs to play at their best, right? Because they are so far out of the playoffs right now uh, in terms of, you know, remaining games and the points there. They're behind Dallas and, and Vegas sure. right now. Sure. Um, they really need everybody to play at their their most elite levels that they've had, right? I mean, you if, if there's any time to be in playoff mode, it is right now, right? You want guys stepping up. Uh, you want your Shifley's, your Blake Wheeler's. You want those guys playing at a point-per-game production. And you need Hollabuck stepping up with, like, 925 save percentages every single night at least. So I'm thinking, um, like, 9-4, 9-5. It might, yeah, might be, <laughs> might be needed, right? Um, because, again, the hole they've dug themselves into early in the season. And, uh, you know, lately it, it looks like these guys have been kind of doing that. They've been stepping up and where you kind of hope they would have been at the beginning of the year. And, um, look, I – to me, I, I don't disagree with you. I think that's a, a well-chosen number one and a guy that I won't argue with on anybody's list. But, he's your boy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I still think he's you know a quality top-ten goaltender, but um, I just think, again, as a team and as a whole, I think there's just so many players on this team I could pick, and maybe that's why I had a hard time putting them on my list. But, again, not going to fault you for doing it. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's our... Uh... What, top 10 players that need to pick it up? There you go. Uh, we will uh, we will be back soon. You can find us on Twitter, at OT Hockey Talk. Until then, Justin, have a good rest of your weekend. And uh, to our listeners, enjoy all the hockey. We'll talk to you later.